Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. You can listen to my podcast anywhere you love listening to your favorite podcast. Or check me out at wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. And there you can find out a little bit about me and read some of my blogs. This is season three called The Journey, and this is episode number 83, Take a Vacay With Me. So let's go on a vacation together. This podcast evolved out of a global pandemic. When we all were staying home and being quarantined, as they called it, well, we all had to figure out what to do with our lives. Some of us did, and some of us didn't, and some of us reinvented ourselves. And I created this podcast using my journalism skills and my recreational therapy skills and created this podcast where I could reach out, talk about mental health issues, coping skills, ways to decrease your anxiety, to lift your spirits if you were feeling depressed or stressed out. And now I'm on season three, episode number 83. And the podcast has evolved into many different topics that many different listeners have let me know have made a great impact on their life. So my goal is being accomplished in this podcast and in my blog. So I thank each and every one of you who are listening to me today, whether you're new or you are one of my devoted fans. And thanks to Austria. I had a listener in Austria, which is quite exciting to know that your voice can carry all the way across the world. Part of being a recreational therapist, and sometimes when people hear that, they kind of laugh when I say that was what my profession was when I worked in psychiatric hospitals or outpatient programs or had group therapies. Well, our life is made up of different components of responsibilities, self-care, taking care of our family, going to work, maintaining our lifestyles. Well, part of that is your leisure time. And as a recreational therapist, we focus on your leisure as one aspect that we talk about because that's your free time. And that time falls to the bottom of the list of all those things that I just mentioned. And I know I left a lot of things and responsibilities out. I was just giving you a brief little list. Leisure always falls to the bottom. And that's a problem in our mental health, in our physical health, in our basic survival. And so when I would tell people and I get that little like, what's a recreational therapist? Yeah, I'm focusing on your recreational time. I talk to people who are suffering from all different types of mental health disorders, addictions, and ways that they can incorporate leisure into their lifestyle as a coping skill. It's not just about having fun, which is perfect, because that's what we want to do, but it's about using leisure as a coping skill, a way to counterbalance or to lift moods, to decrease anxiety, to get you to slow down, to feel less stressed during your free time when you suffer from addictions. If you are an overeater, that lull, that quiet time is when you tend to eat more. So using leisure to distract you 
when you are getting cravings, when you're trying to get clean from using alcohol and drugs and other paraphernalia, having something healthy to tap into, to get through those cravings of wanting to use, is really like a superpower. And it can be so basic yet so hard at the same time. And so this is what I did. And when you take out the component of me sitting in a hospital or outpatient or doing therapy groups, we all need leisure time. And again, it falls to the bottom of the list in our everyday lives because we have responsibilities that have to get done. They just have to get done, we tell ourselves. You know what else has to get done? Taking care of you. A better you is a better person in your family and in your relationships and in your workplace. And so it's very imperative to take that leisure time and to think about your leisure lifestyle. Yes, your lifestyle of how you have leisure. What do you do? Do you plan it? Probably not, which is why it falls to the bottom of the list of importance in our daily routines. And so it should be something that falls higher because without good mental health, nothing works well. A machine doesn't work well unless we oil it. And we're that machine. And leisure is that oil that can keep us going. Now, a lot of times I'll hear, I don't have the money to do leisure. Cop out. You might not have the money, but you can still do the leisure. Yes, I know a lot of leisure things take money. I understand that. But there is a lot of things, there's a treasure trove of things that you can do that cost little to no money. The issue is you have to get creative. You have to think about it. You have to plan it. You know how you pull up your smartphones and you put things in your calendar of things that you have to do, meetings, doctor's appointments, get the dog groomed, take your car to get an oil change, get your hair done, things that you feel are imperative. Guess what? So is your leisure time. And your leisure time should be scheduled on your iPhone or your smartphone, on the calendar, if you cannot find a way to have it on a daily basis. It must be scheduled in. Now, in reality, the minimum should be 30 minutes. Because anything shorter, you're just getting a taste and it's really not giving the optimal effect of what leisure needs to do. But make it fun. Think of all the things you can do first. Make a list of everything you can do that doesn't cost money or costs little to no money. And make that list because sometimes when we sit down and we focus and we make lists and we make it concrete in front of us, it makes it much easier for us to plan. I'm somebody who was always pulling my smartphone out and jotting things down. Number one, because I'm forgetful as I get older, but you know, we all have fleeting thoughts. So I put them down on my smartphone and do the same thing, either write or put it on your smartphone of leisure activities, things you will schedule in a time slot that you can do for little to no money. 
And there's many things, and I'll throw a few out just to help you along. Going to the beach. Going to a library. Going to a park. Taking a walk. Sitting outside under a tree with a book. You have to start to get creative, especially if you don't have the finances. It's going to take a little creativity, but so does it if you have the finances too. There are plenty of people who have money to go on vacations who don't take them. Because why? Life happens. And they don't see it as imperative in the moments of their life to take the time away. So whether you have the finances or don't, it's just as difficult based on what your life is going on. It's you're working hard to make those finances be there and not giving yourself the time to take care of you in leisure lifestyle. And that's what we call it as recreational therapists, your leisure lifestyle. And it kind of sounds kind of bougie if you think about it. I mean, and let's be real. You can be bougie whether you have money or not. It's all up in the head. So title your list, My Leisure Lifestyle. And look at how you want to mold yourself and your leisure time in the future. Now, if it's a daunting task, if you work a lot of jobs and your schedule's very limited, Start out small. Start out just once a week scheduling in that time. But then the next week, add in another 30 minutes somewhere in your week and build upon it so that preferably and ultimately you have a minimum of 30 days, excuse me, 30 minutes each day to mold your leisure lifestyle. And if you have more, an hour would be great. And of course, depending on the activity, it could be a whole day worth of leisure if you've got the time. If you don't work on the weekends, don't make it all about scheduling in all those things you couldn't get taken care of during the week. Some things don't have to happen all the time. Some things aren't as imperative that they have to be done. What is more imperative is that you focus on your mental health. And take care of yourself and nurture yourself. And in the United States, we are probably one of the countries who are the worst at this. I don't know if it's because we're a newbie country when it's in relation to the rest of the world. But we just have a hard time slowing down. We have a hard time taking that time and scheduling it in to our calendars. And I think it's just part of the U.S. makeup. I just think it's the mentality here. And so that doesn't mean, because it's the mentality here, that we can't take control of that. I mean, think about Italy. They have siestas. Literally a certain time of the day, all the stores shut down and close so that the people who are working inside have time slow down, take care of themselves, eat whatever it is, and then they open back up. Here in the U.S., most people, if they're lucky, they have 30 minutes for a lunch. They rush, they eat, and they're back at their desk or they're back at their job or whatever it may be. 
And so because that is the work lifestyle, we have to figure it out on our own time how to take care of ourselves. Now, there are some really big companies, and I won't name them, who do focus on the importance of their employees' mental health. And if you're listening and you work for one of those companies, then you're really in a great position to be able to have the A-OK of your bosses and your company to take that little time slot out to do something for yourself during the day. So there really is no excuses. No matter what your life situation is, no matter what the hardships are, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be around in a healthy, physical way to get things done in the future. So this is really not just thinking about today, but it's about your future and making sure that you move forward in the healthiest physical emotional, mental way possible. And if you're listening to that podcast, well, that's probably like, right. That's why I'm here listening to you because we talk about mental health. So in your mental health and, and if you need to see a therapist or need to go to group therapies or you need to be on medications, you still have to put in the other part, the other work that goes in hand in hand with the treatment. And when I say treatment, that doesn't mean somebody who's had a psychotic break. It means somebody who's having panic attacks or their anxiety is interfering with their life or they have extreme social anxiety, which is inhibiting what they do in their life or depression. So that's your treatment. But with that treatment, it takes your work to come together in the middle to create the healthiest person possible given the situations that you are experiencing. And so you must incorporate leisure as a coping skill. Well, I think you've gotten the picture. And I think you have your homework of what you know you need to sit down and do to, number one, make a list of things that are free or almost free. And then you can also make a list of things that aren't that you would like to do. Title your list, My Leisure Lifestyle. Pull out your smartphone, pick one thing from your list and schedule it in for this week. Yes, this week. I know it's Wednesday, but you still have many days where you can schedule in a minimum of 30 minutes. And if you could schedule in more, <laughs> bravo. Do it every week. Set it as one of your goals. As you're getting ready for Monday to go back to work, if you are have the weekends off or it's one of your days off during the week, sit down and prepare for the next week. This way, it happens. It's kind of like when you're on a, a diet. I don't like to use the word diet, but let, let's just say changing your food habits. If you go into a restaurant without a plan, you start to read the menu. And as you're reading the menu, your server puts bread on the table with delicious warm butter. And you're reading the menu. And everything seems so good. And you wind up eating a little bit of that bread. And you wind up ordering something that's really not on your eating lifestyle change. But if you turn that around and you know the restaurant you're going to, and 
You can look up the menu or you know the menu and you kind of have a plan in your head. This is what I'm going to eat and I'm going to ask the server not to put the bread on the table. Well, then you get there. There's no smell of bread and warm butter on the table. And you're looking through the menu just for those things that you've already identified that you'd want to eat. You set a plan for success. You set a plan so that you don't fall off what you had scheduled for yourself. And it's the same thing with the leisure. If you don't make the plan, it doesn't happen. You fall into being overscheduled, overworked, overtired, and no time for yourself. Or you can take the route of staying on that healthy eating plan, planning in your leisure for yourself, and having, at the end of the week, feeling a little less stressed, a little less anxious, mood lifted, because, number one, you accomplished a goal that you set for, but that goal wasn't a work goal. It was a take-care-of-yourself goal. And that's the best kind of goal there is because that is what's going to keep us moving in a healthy direction in the future. So I named the title of this podcast, Take a Vacay with Me. Summer's come to an end and I reminisced about my vacation time this summer and was thinking a lot. There's a lot of sickness in my house with school starting and stuff. So been home and just kind of, you know, not doing a lot and needed some leisure time. And I decided to do some visualization and take a little trip about back in memory lane of my vacation this summer. Visualization is an awesome technique that can be used anytime, anywhere, because it's just you, yourself, and your thoughts. And reminiscing on something that is healthy and positive or creating something in your mind's eye of healthy and positive, visualizing it. That's why it's called visualization. So I'm going to take you to Hawaii today and use a little bit of visualization. Now, if you ultimately would be great to just sit, close your eyes, listen to me, or have your eyes open, whatever you feel more comfortable. Your eyes don't necessarily need to be closed for visualization, but sit back comfortably and just listen to me talk. And if you're in a car, you can still do it. You can still listen to me taking you to Hawaii and everything that Hawaii has to offer. And in my visualization, I'm going to share some experiences with you and hopefully you'll feel like you went on a little mini vacation in your mind's eye. So let's go to Hawaii on a vacation together. Hawaii. Many people have never been to Hawaii. Now, the people who live in Hawaii don't say Hawaii. They say Hawaii. It's almost as if there's a little V in there. So say it to yourself. Hawaii. Hawaii. Now, what are your thoughts or what, have, what is your knowledge of what Hawaii is? And kind of bring that to your mind for a minute of what your thoughts, what you visualized Hawaii to be. And I'm sure some of it is right on target. 
maybe things you've seen on a documentary or in a movie and on TV. And that all entails what Hawaii is. Hawaii starts with the people. The people who have been born and grown up on the islands of Hawaii. And the main islands are Oahu, the big island of Hawaii, Kauai, and Maui. And there's lots of little other islands that are surrounding the main islands of Hawaii. Now, of course, to get there, we must get on a plane. So envision yourself on a plane. Now, depending on where you're coming from, it could be a very long plane ride. For me, we broke it up. So from L.A. to Hawaii, it was about five and a half hours. And those five and a half hours are flown completely over the Pacific Ocean. Now, of course, in the cabin on the airplane, sitting comfortably in my chair or your chair, you don't really know unless you look out the window that you're flying over the Pacific Ocean. And you try to relax and watch what's on TV or your computers or take a good nap as you fly and think about all that Hawaii will have for you when this plane lands. And as the pilot says, we're about to descend, you raise your window shade and you look out and you start to see boats on the water and islands in the distance. The plane is flying a little lower than you normally would as it starts to descend and you almost feel like you're on a helicopter ride flying over the islands. As the plane lands, there's an excitement. You're in Hawaii. You land on the island of Oahu. Oahu is the most busiest island in all of the island chains of Hawaii. You know, Waikiki Beach which kind of looks like Miami Beach, if you've ever been there, with big high-rises and many, many, many people. And all this is awaiting you. And as you step off the plane, someone puts a lay over your head, greeting you with aloha. The smell of the plumeria lay that's around your neck and the colors have just stimulated your senses and the excitement grows even more. I'm really in Hawaii now. I feel it. And as you leave the airport and start to see the sights of the beautiful island with mountains in the distance, the high-rises that I mentioned of Waikiki Beach. You see people walking with their surfboards under their arm like they do every day because this is commonplace for them in the islands of Hawaii. Surfing and big waves, waves that you could just stand on the beach for a moment and stare out and watch 
how large they are, and the white caps. And as you stand there, take a big, deep breath in of that Hawaii salt sea air. As you step onto the sand, the sand is a little bit different in Hawaii. And I can say this coming from Florida because the beach has been in my life practically since day one. The sand is very fine, and as you walk in it, your feet sink a little bit. It's much harder to walk on their beaches than it is in the States. So it took a lot of exercise. So imagine yourself walking on the sand with your feet sinking and lifting and walking and sinking. Taking in that sea air, watching those white caps on the wave. Look up at the sun and feel the sun on your face. You're in Hawaii, the spirit of Hawaii, the aloha spirit. The beach is all around you. It's everything you've ever thought Hawaii would look like and be. But you've heard that Hawaii has so many other adventurous things to offer. So you decide to take a little bit of a road trip with the roof down, with the sun on your face, and you take a tour across the island to see a dormant volcano called Diamond Head. And as your car drives towards the parking area, you are literally in the hole that is filled up with land of a dormant volcano. And this is a place where many people hike up to the top of Diamond Head. It's a big figure that looms over the island of Hawaii. You have the North Shore. You have the Bonsai Pipeline. You have the Dole plant, plantation plant, where all your Dole pineapples come from. And you visit all these lovely places in your mind's eye. Imagine having a fresh pineapple cut right in front of you that was just cut off. The pineapple tastes different in Hawaii. It's soft. It's not fibrous as it is when you eat it in the U.S. It basically melts in your mouth. Imagine putting a piece of this pineapple in your mouth. And as it melts, it's not tart or super sweet. It just is a perfect balance in your mouth melting away. The pineapple is exquisite in Hawaii. Then you move on to another island called the Big Island of Hawaii. This is the volcanic island. This is where you may have heard recently on the news where the volcano is alive and roaring basically. This island is almost like you're walking on the moon because all around you where you drive and where you walk, look, 
what you will see is chunks of hardened volcanic lava, the magma, that has come up from the center of the earth out through the volcano millions of years ago and has left its remnants as a landscape on the big island of Hawaii. Now in the center of the island, as you look off in the distance, you do see a lot of greenery where the mountains are. Mountains that were old, dormant volcanoes, trees and grass and foliage has grown over. So in the center, it is very green and it's almost like surreal as you're standing there around you with black chunks of hardened volcanic magma, lava, and in the distance, beautiful greenery. This is the big island of Hawaii. The beaches are black. When you pick the sand up, you feel it, and it's a little bit thicker than the sand I told you about on Waikiki Beach because it's made from lava that's been broken up over time and has created these black sand beaches. And so your feet, as you're walking on the black sand beach, don't, it doesn't sink the same way. You have more of a firm type of walk. And the beauty as you look out into almost like a pond, right off the sand into the ocean, are very large Hawaiian turtles, huge turtles bigger than some dogs, just swimming, walk into the water. The water is extremely cold as you walk into it, and it takes a moment for your body to get adjusted. And as you're standing there, the turtles are swimming all around you. They're so used to being around the people that they just kind of frolic in the water along with us humans. And you just stand there in amazement that you just parked a car, walked onto a black sand beach that was created from a volcano, and now you are in the Pacific Ocean with extremely large turtles swimming around you. Take in this moment, the sights, the sounds. Feel some of that sand run through your fingers of volcanic sand that is broken up over the years. Sand that once flowed right out of the top of a volcano. Now, what would be a a trip to the Big Island without actually visiting an active volcano? So you hop back in your car And you go to Volcano National Park on the Big Island of Hawaii. And there you walk about a half mile because obviously we can't get that close to the magma that's flowing out from this active volcano. So you walk this trail and it's dusk because... You can see the volcano the best, obviously, 
in the darkness. And as you're walking this trail, you can smell flowers. You can smell these plumeria and orchids all around you. You breathe in and you smell this floral wonder, this natural floral wonder. And you hear this cookie, cookie, cookie. This is the frog from Puerto Rico, the cookie frog, that was transplanted somehow, some way, onto the big island of Hawaii. And so if you've ever been to Puerto Rico and you've heard the coquí frog, it's the same sound. Thousands of frogs going, coquí, coquí. And so as you walk in, you get to your stop, your final destination, to view the volcano. It's like something your eyes have never seen before. This glow in the distance, this orange burning hot glow that is radiating and lighting the sky above it. It's molten magma coming up from the earth. It's lava. You can see it bubbling as it comes up to the top. It's almost like a light show as you watch this orangey hot burning lava flowing. And as you're looking, you just stare because your brain is really trying to process that I'm actually seeing an active volcano. The lava. The beauty of nature. And you stand there for some time just taking in the fact that you're standing on a live volcano and in the distance, the lava bubbling and moving and flowing in front of you. The island of Hawaii, the beauty, the sounds. And as you walk back on that half mile trail, the memories and the visions of something you've only ever seen on a movie or a TV screen has come to life in your mind's eye. In the island of Hawaii, they do the shaka symbol. and I obviously can't show you this on a podcast, but look up what the shaka is, and I'm sure some of you are familiar. And when you see someone in Hawaii, and they give you the shaka symbol, it's a greeting. And with that greeting, you'll hear mahalo. Hello, goodbye, good day. Kind of has a similar meaning to aloha. And now your time in Hawaii has come to a close. And as you get back on that airplane to take you to wherever your destination goes, there's someone standing at the door of the plane, making the shaka symbol, saying, Mahalo. Mahalo to you. Mahalo for listening to me today. I appreciate you going on this trip 
to Hawaii with me in this visualization exercise. Think of some vacations you have been on in the past that have really touched your soul like Hawaii touched mine. And sit when you have time during your leisure time and close your eyes or have your eyes open and remember the sights, the sounds, the smells, the touches, the experiences of those places that you visited. It could just be your old family childhood home that you visited that brings comfort to you. And imagine, visualize yourself walking through and visiting that home again and all the nuances that made it a special place for you. You see, the magic is in your own hands to go to Hawaii, to go to the beach, to go to your childhood home. Or maybe it was a childhood vacation that you took with a friend or a family. Maybe it was summer camp. Visualization is in your hands. The magic is in your hands to take a respite in each and every one of your days and to use this as a tool of coping and creating your leisure lifestyle that we talked about that you need to schedule in. It costs no money. I didn't have to physically go anywhere. I took you on a trip to Hawaii in your mind's eye. And I thank you all for taking a vacay with me today. So I hope you feel a little bit rested and rejuvenated. And focus on your leisure lifestyle. We all want to be the best and the healthiest we can. Go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world. And remember, positive thoughts always create positive energy. And until next week, my friends, ciao, aloha, and mahalo.